This is uh, one of those gospel readings which can get a preacher into heaps of trouble, so I will have to tread carefully. (laughs) On Tuesday we uh, had that gospel reading and Pauline uh, told the story of uh, the little church she was part of down in Pukirua Bay and uh, they had a little Bible study about it and the priest who was in charge of that little church told them all about how they should focus on Jesus and not be distracted by mundane things. At the end of which there was this, and this is Pauline's description, not mine, a little old lady who hardly said a thing, who said, Every Sunday after church, I and a couple of my friends go out and make cups of tea and coffee for everyone, and then you all come out and have them and go home and leave us to clean up afterwards. And whenever we have a little church function, we're there making the cups of tea and coffee and making sure the kitchen works properly, and at the end of it, you all go home and leave us to tidy up and clean up afterwards. And it would be great if just once some of you thought less high things and came and joined us in the kitchen. <laughs> so these are the dangers that dangerous waters, and I, I now enter as I begin to preach on this particular reading. The truth is, we need Martha's. Churches like this would fail if we didn't have people like Martha. So, as we begin this story, I invite you to think about where are you in the story? Are you Mary? Are you Martha? Are you one of the disciples or just an onlooker? What questions does that bring up for you? And what would you like to say to Jesus? If you want to, you can turn to your neighbour and talk about it, but you don't have to. But if you feel moved, please feel free. Alright, well you'll get another chance of that at the end. Now before we start, we just need to note that we've actually already heard a version of the story this year, and that version came from the Gospel of John. And there are some big differences between the version we heard earlier in the year and the version we heard today. And those those differences are important, uh, if not that they remind us that the Gospels are not history books. They remind us that the Gospels are theology books. They were books that were written to answer some pretty big questions, like, who is Jesus? And who is God? And who are we? And how do we follow Christ in the way of love, as Paul describes it? In writing those books of theology and in answering those questions, they used stories of Jesus that were circulating at the time, and they reinterpreted them, to answer those questions. And so we have in the Gospels stories that appear in some of the Gospels, but not all of them. The timelines are different, and even when the same stories appear, they often have big differences in them, like today's reading. So what are some of the differences from this reading and John's reading? Well, one of them is it appears in a different place in the story. In John's Gospel, This version of the story, although it's a slightly different story, appears just before Jesus journeys into Jerusalem. Whereas this story is much earlier. 
uh, in the overall story of Jesus. Uh, In the one in John, uh, there's a guy called Lazarus who's part of it. And Mary and Martha are his sisters. But there's no mention of Lazarus in this story. In fact, there's no man in this story. Martha welcomes Jesus to her home. She is the head of the household. In this story, Mary keeps her hair hidden and the oil in the cupboard. The issue here is not that Mary is using expensive oil on Jesus' feet, oil that could have been sold and the money given to the poor. The issue here is the relationship between two sisters. Now, as we read the story, we also need to keep in mind that churches in the time of Luke were all house churches. They all met in somebody's house. And that meant that there were issues about the responsibilities and roles of the various people in the church, particularly around the responsibilities of the householders in terms of providing hospitality. What were the limits of that? To what extent were they solely responsible for that? So at one level, this story addresses that issue. But in fact, this story has a whole lot of levels. So let's have a look at some of them. At a very basic level, this is a story about a relationship between two sisters. One who feels responsible for providing for the guests, and the other one doesn't seem to feel quite so responsible, and so the older seal sister feels pretty annoyed about that. Annoyed that her sister is not helping, and she wants Jesus to intervene. Well, I'm sure a few of you sympathise with Martha. You probably had siblings or spouses or friends who have not helped as they should have. And it's probably a good thing that Bonnie's gone away because she would be giving me the, the evil eye at this point, I'm sure, as somebody who has not always helped as I should have. At another level, this is a story about stress and pressure. The language around Martha, the Greek around the descriptions of Martha, is language that is full of noise and tumult and uproar. This isn't somebody who is simply distracted by by the needs of the occasion. This is somebody who is being overwhelmed by the occasion. The impression you get is that she is blinded to what she is really needing to do because she is so focused on the details. And because of that, she is feeling great anxiety. Well, there are two dimensions to that. The first is, we know from people in this congregation that we, when we become overwhelmed by anxiety for a long period of time, that can be incredibly damaging to our health. But we also, in this story, meet somebody who is so consumed by the task at hand, she has lost sight of the purpose of the task. She is so consumed by getting all the details of providing hospitality right that she has forgotten that she is providing hospitality. And so you get the sense that in focusing on the details... She has stopped actually 
being hospitable. While that would be easy for us to kind of look down our noses at a Martha and say, well, that's a very silly thing to do, but the fact is we do that all the time in our daily lives, and we do it all the time as churches. An example of that is what we do here on Sunday morning. Sometimes we get so focused on getting the words of liturgy right and saying them right and getting people to stand in the right place and to do the right things that we forget that what liturgy about is about is entering a space where we meet the life-giving and life-changing God. And while the words of the liturgy and the actions are important, they're only important to a degree. And the really important thing is that we meet God in this place. And the words and the actions are simply a vehicle towards that. Another example is that sometimes we get so consumed by what happens here on Sunday morning that we think that that's the point of church. And we forget the fact that actually church isn't about what happens on Sunday morning. It's what happens the rest of the week. Whether how what we do here on Sunday morning shapes and moulds us to be people who do walk in the way of love, who do join God in mission in our local communities. The important thing isn't how many people come here on Sunday mornings. The important thing is the impact that we have as God's people in our local communities, in our neighbourhoods. That's what's really important. I remember talking to one of the parishioners at Nongataha shortly after Joy McCormick resigned as the half-time um, priest in charge. And uh, they had decided in light of that that they would become a local shared ministry unit. And he said it was one of the most liberating decisions they had ever made. For the years up to that decision, they as parishioners had spent all their time fundraising to ensure that they could pay Joy's stipend. When she resigned, they no longer needed to fundraise. For the first time in a long time, they could actually stop and ask, what does this church exist for? How might we join with God in mission in Nongataha? How might we actually start to look out beyond the doors of our church and engage in our community? Now, Actually, sometimes with local shared ministry units, they never ask those questions. They just get so focused on keeping church going on Sunday morning that everything is about what happens on Sunday. But that church actually asks the question, how might we engage in mission? Because that's the point. That is what we exist for. So... Like Martha, we can all get so consumed by the details that we forget the point. And that's what happened with Martha. She forgot the point was to offer hospitality. It turns out that maybe Mary was the one truly offering hospitality by staying with the men and listening. That's not to say that what Martha was doing was unimportant, but it seems from the Greek in this story that she had forgotten why she was doing it. Which leads us on to the last level. 
Sometimes when we read the story, and we read it in terms of Martha trying to protect her sister from ridicule and abuse from taking the role of a man, sitting at the feet of a teacher as a disciple. But none of the commentators I read thought that's what this was about. In fact, one of them said it wasn't. Their focus instead was how Jesus accepted her as a disciple and honoured her for doing it. Now I've talked a lot since I arrived about how the society Jesus lived in was very clearly divided between those who were in and those who were out. And how Jesus modelled a radically new way of being. A new way of being that wasn't based on ethnic or social or religious or moral grounds, but was based simply on God's love. That all are loved by God. And by virtue of that love, all are welcome in God's community. And I've talked about how Jesus talked a lot about this. I've talked about how he modelled it through the meals that he accepted from all sorts of people he should have had nothing to do with. We can see him modelling it in the Last Supper, something that we remember every time we gather around this table, when we remember that all are welcome at God's table because all are God's people. But in this story, Jesus goes further. He not only says that all are welcome, but he breaks down the walls that locked people into playing certain roles. Martha saw her role as provider of hospitality. And because of that, and because she was a female, she could not be a disciple. Mary saw her role as a disciple, maybe even as a disciple who offered hospitality. And Jesus honours that in this story. Now that's a role that she should not have had. But Jesus honours her because she has accepted that role. And in doing so, he frees Mary to be a disciple. But he also frees Martha to be a disciple. And he frees all those who seek to follow him from all the social and religious expectations that lock them into certain roles and certain ways of being. Something Jesus models again at the Last Supper when he takes off his robe and picks up the towel and models being a servant. So this opening up roles isn't just about the honoured roles. He opened up all the roles to everyone. The role of disciple and the role of servant. And so in the story and in the life of Jesus, we are all free to be disciples, but we are also all freed to be servants. And we are all freed to offer hospitality. So one way of reading the story is to hear Jesus rebuke Martha's focus on providing hospitality. And that's how we often do that. Often do that. But another way of reading the story is to hear Jesus say that the role of being a disciple included both Martha and Mary, which would have been a pretty radical thing. And it wasn't just the preserve of men. And because of that, the role of providing hospitality wasn't Martha's alone. That belonged to the whole community. 
Now, for the house churches that Luke was writing for, there's a clear message here that those whose house, who, whose house it was the church were meeting in were not to be overly anxious about providing hospitality. That they were to join all the others in the singing of psalms and the prayers and the breaking of bread. And that when the service was over, <coughs> they would all be able to offer hospitality to each other. When we take this reading with the other acts of Jesus, there's a clear message that the role of hospitality was to be shared by all. All roles are open to everyone. Which returns us to my initial question. Where are you in this story? What questions do you have? What would you like to say to Jesus about that? And what would you like to say to us about that? So, if you want to, turn to your neighbour and talk about that for a minute or two.